You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Finally, the day that Bo has been waiting for since he first got on mic. Well. Your testicles dropped? Let's <laughs> not go crazy. Well, I just remember, Bo, back in the League of Extremely Ordinary Gentlemen days on Spill.com, you used to go, but what I really want is a Moon Knight show. <laughs> I like the Moon Knight show, which actually been bandied about quite a bit over the years. Yeah. Uh, they finally sat down with the Disney boys and got it, got it going on, which is weird because there's a lot of people kind of on the Marvel docket that I would think would get an appearance before, before Moon Knight yeah. uh, because he is kind of the Hawkman of the Marvel <laughs> Universe and that every time he has relaunched which I think is up to nine now yeah. they dicker around with his identities and his origins and, and what have you. Well don't worry folks because if you're like I want to make sure this is like loyal to the comics there's literally no way of telling. <laughs> yeah. I mean they're just like there is no continuity so just pick something and Throw it in there and fine. Yeah, it's the only thing consistent is the costume, really. Yeah, and even that, and they, even that. D- they dicker with. Uh, but, sure, yeah. here as well. But I think actually, in some ways, are the better. Like uh, here, we see his traditional costume. They kind of added a sort of mummy wrap feel to it, which they is, really you know, and the showrunner and director is Egyptian himself, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they really, they were like, this is going to be kind of our touchstone to set him apart. For years, Moon Knight has been dogged by being a Batman clone, so they were just like, he's going to be an Egyptian holy avenger. There's yeah. no street crime here. He's not taking out punks in Gotham City. He's uh, doing the god of the moon and vengeance's task as his avatar. Which is to say, like, uh, Marvel's really uh, kind of diving in on this whole gods of various cultures thing. We got Zeus coming up in the next Thor movie. So, yeah. And we got uh, fun party Zeus played uh, by Russell Crowe. Uh, and I suspect <laughs> we've got the War of the Gods storyline in the future at some point, which I'm okay with. I but, mean, you know, this is a Disney Plus television series. It's not a movie. You got six episodes of, I think, one of the best at young actors is working today, Oscar Isaac, who's just phenomenal. I mean, and I'm may, startled maybe they not got young, him. but well, uh, I mean, yes, best actor. Yeah. He's got great as beard, man. He, he, he does. So, so does everybody these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this. I saw this kid in a stroller the other day. He's like fucking big gray beard. It was crazy. So maybe gives you a gand off the really white. The problem is that all of your contemporaries have gotten old. <laughs> no, but I look so young still. Anyway, I'm Chris. Joining me is Oh Marco. And Sarah Jane. Yeah, all of us were, I think, pretty excited for this show. I know I was as well. I mean, sure. like I said, the aforementioned Oscar Isaac, the aforementioned Moon Knight, who is, I really didn't totally fall in love with until the writer Jeff Lemire took a turn at him. One of my favorite runs of really any Marvel comic during that space of years. Wow. With him sort of like waking up in an asylum and being like, wait, am I crazy? I know it's been done on like Buffy, Vampire Slayer and other shows, but I always like that storyline. <laughs> I mean, it's a good twist, and they've been playing with the characters' like mental health difficulties since like probably about ten issues into his first run as a solo comic. 
they were like, wait a minute, we know you have three identities, or four if you want to count the Moon Knight identity, but uh, how compartmentalized are you with this stuff? And that's the thing, we're not talking identities in the terms of other superheroes like Clark Kent and Superman. No, this is the guy who actually has disassociative identity disorder, or as it would have been known 20 years ago, multiple personality disorder, where these are separate personalities that exist inside the same person and so true to people with DID are completely knowledgeable-less of each other, generally speaking. <laughs> they don't have any memories of things that happen when the other personalities have taken over, which, of course, leaves Oscar Isaac, who, when we meet him, is uh, Stephen Grant, a sort of nebbishy guy who works at a museum who wants to be more of an archaeologist, but he's just in the gift shop because no one respects him, which makes his life difficult, and he doesn't know how to confront it, other than tying his leg to his bed because he know he, quote, <laughs> sleepwalks. Sprinkling, sprinkling sand around his bed. His, like, boss London apartment, which is probably worth several billion dollars. Know, right. <laughs> that was specifically pyramid-shaped. In the original comics run, Stephen Grant is generally a millionaire playboy type, and that's right. the, the only thing that really lends itself to this version of, of Stephen Grant, is that he can afford an apartment in London. I mean, it helps when you have an alternative identity that's, you know, a mercenary on the side and making some money and presumably depositing money in your account and you're not paying attention. Well, that to alternate personality is, of course, the more commonly known name of Moon Knight, Mark Spector, who is the badass one who takes over when things get dangerous. And things are indeed getting dangerous because there is a new guy who is causing trouble, played by Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, who was really a minuscule character in the comic books. I mean, I, like, minuscule is even the word for it. He literally showed up in one issue of the second volume. By the way, we're, like I said, we're on volume nine now. So he's like, blink and you missed it, dude. Right. When his casting was announced, longtime fans were just kind of going like, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were like, well, where is the more traditional villain for Moon Knight? Uh, Bushman. I had the pleasure of being in a commentary where someone was like bitching about the show and like yelling, this show sucked. I'm sorry. And the other guy liked it. And the guy who didn't like it, his last name was Bushman. Uh -huh. You better bet I took that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you weren't in the series. I understand a little bit of jealousy. Anyway. Although one of the reasons they didn't go with that is because they thought that the Bushman character was too much like Killmonger, Killmonger which I'm yeah. like, uh... No. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, are we still doing the, well, they're both black. Yeah, they're both African. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, Elon Musk is African. <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not a supervillain. Anyway, so uh, Ethan Hawke's character is a cult leader for the Egyptian goddess Amet, who has a whole thing. He's got like a cane with a crocodile head on it, which is sort of her symbol. And he uses it to do the, you know, the Egyptian thing of weighing the souls of the dead with the, like, the darkness, whatever. He does it while they're still alive with Amet, and if they basically weigh against them, they die. You know, they're sold. Yeah, and it, it's not really based on, like, hey, I used to be a bastard, but now I, I, I straightened up and flying right and got baptized. And they don't give a shit about that. It's like, oh, it, no, it's, you're going to fuck up sometime in yeah. the future. They're basically, you know, the Egyptian version of Minority Report. They're like, <laughs> we're just taking you down now before you commit a crime. The hell with free will. Grant finds himself uh, on the run relatively quickly and being chased by Harrow and his culty goons. And he doesn't know what's going on, except that he keeps blacking out and coming back and everybody's beat up around him. <laughs> like, what? What? Oh, God, Which, what's going know, on? Like, like, like one does. Uh, but it doesn't take long before the two of them are 
end up being able to sort of communicate with each other and are sort of fighting for dominance over the body because Grant's freaked out. He's like, I, no, there's someone in my body? What the fuck? Spectre's been aware of this for a while, <laughs> but has less control over the situation, it appears. Meanwhile, you've got Khonshu, the Egyptian god himself, voiced by F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> I had to say it like the Simpsons, right? Who originally made a deal with Mark Spector as he was dying to give him this power, which here indeed is actual power. In the comics, it's you know, it goes back and forth a bit, but it tends to be more like rich guy. Like he's with had nice, like, nice tools. you know, varying degrees of super strength at night. Here, they're just kind of fully committed to like, he has some mystical abilities. He's, he's stronger than the average bear. He's near invulnerable. Uh, like, yeah, you can shoot like, him. He's, and... he's a, certainly bulletproof. Yeah. Like, unless you've got some magical mojo, he's probably going to beat the shit up. But he's like, okay, you guys better get this together because there's a whole situation about this Amit chick this guy's trying to resurrect. If she comes back, that's bad. So y'all have she to get Traditionally, the, the Egyptian goddess that devours the, the souls of the dead that don't weigh in properly. And what he wants to do is instead of, instead of like his little hand holding thing, he's like, we'll, we'll bring her avatar to life per se. And she'll just do that to the whole world. And then we don't have to worry about the uh, vengeance or, or, you know, punishing people anymore because all the people who are going to do stuff that are bad are going to be gone. And you also have a little secret weapon here. It starts to become more prominent in the second half. May Kalamoe, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, as Layla Elf Faoli or Scarlet Scarab, if you will, a new, sort of new version of the character Scarlet Scarab. It's very new. Yeah. Yeah, very new version, but who is archaeologist adventurer type herself like Mark Spector, uh, who is in fact Mark Spector's wife and gets wrapped up in this whole situation being like, you know, the, the Rachel Vice, if you will, of and this, the mummy story. She's a whole cloth <laughs> character, but she's been kind of spun from, uh, Moon Knight had a, a long time lover named Marlene Al- Alron, who like this character, her father was an archaeologist who Moon Knight failed to save his life and ended up getting put in the situation where he had to strike a deal with, with Con you to not die. So anyway, that's basically the setup for Moon Knight, which is a lot, I realize. Man, you should have heard us trying to review Star Trek Picard Season 2 earlier. We could have have spent 30 (laughs) minutes just giving the bare outlines of the character arcs and that. (laughs) Outer range was really tough. (laughs) We were just like, oh, how can we talk about this without actually, you know, telling you everything? Well, that's the thing. Well, that seems to be what the problem the writers have as well. I'm I'm here like we've gone to maybe episode two and a half with exposition uh, of these six. And a lot more happens after that, certainly. And it does feel to me a little broken apart. And it's true. There's two other directors, people I'm actually very fond of, Aaron Morad and Justin Benson, uh, two sort of like horror directors who, who've done some movies I adored, who did the second and the fourth episode here. And there is a feeling, especially with the fourth episode, that, oh, wait, what's happening? This, this is a whole different show now all of a sudden. You know, when this, when I started watching this, I was like, I don't care that they're changing a lot from the comic here you know i'm glad let them play around the comics always do but i feel like by the end i was a little like i kind of wish they had clung a little closer to that because this just kind of feels like it turns into another big gods battle i think the one mistake this makes or the one major mistake anyway is is that they're they're like we really want to drill down into this question of identity and mark specter or stephen grant's arc as how they are dealing with their mental illness why they suffered from it to begin with and they forget that hey this is also a superhero Superhero. show and you should show the superhero in an action scene every once in a while the action scenes are very thin on the ground and then when they do happen often there's a gimmick of like oh and then he wakes up and he's just beat up a bunch of people but you didn't get to see it or he's fighting something that is invisible which is frustrating as a 
person who's like, I like some meat on the bones of my superhero stuff, but I also like to see superheroes kicking ass. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt for a show called Moon Knight, Moon Knight's not in a whole lot of this. And thank God they have Oscar Isaac, because really, you're going to spend a lot of time with Oscar Isaac talking to Oscar Isaac trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And in the first half, that's compelling because we are learning, as Stephen does, you know, what's going on. He doesn't know everything that's happening. And so they put us in his position, and that's useful. But really, by episode two, you're like, okay, I get it. It's two guys. And and for those of us who've read the comics, yes, we know there's more than two. But they're for narrative purposes, they're focusing on two personas. It's like, we get it. How many times do we have to keep doing that? And it's really frustrating because at some point it's like, it's not very fun. Not that yeah. having DID is fun. Believe me, it's not. But God damn it. Wait, is there something you should tell us? No, but I have, <laughs> I, I, I have experience with people who have DID and it does not manifest itself this way. This is far more interesting and entertaining than but the, what but even I've then. seen up close. But still, for a show about a superhero like Bo said, I want to see a little more superheroics. I didn't have the issues that you guys did because I didn't read the comics. I mean, the most I knew about Moon Knight really was playing uh, Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> and I mean, I really loved playing him because with his staff, which I kind of missed. Yeah, the, was, the, the god Kanchu has the staff. In yeah, there. but in, yeah, in the game, he has a staff. So, I mean, he kicks ass. So, you know, so I didn't have that. I mean, it's not baggage for you guys, but so <laughs> I didn't have that coming into it. You know, I, I just, I liked it. I thought Oscar Isaac was great. I did wish that there were some more fight scenes or that we could see the fight scenes. Yeah, it's so dark. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, not in tone. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't disappointed in the show. Okay. Like you guys might have been. I don't think a lot of it really stemmed from my comparison to the comic, like I said, because I think that I was ready for it to be really different. I just kind of wish that it wasn't yet another show with going from a character that I was like, yay, more street level characters just in general to like, okay, they're all just gods fighting each other now. Like, like, like everything else. Uh, Like, can we? Do a street-level character? (laughs) Believe it or not, one of the earliest comics, perhaps the earliest comic I remember reading, was Moon Knight. And this would have been late 70s, early 80s. And at that point, granted, I was very young. Maybe I missed a lot of things. My memory of him is he was Marvel's Batman. He was a billionaire. He had a butler. He had a lair. He went out at night, patrolled the streets, kicked ass. Instead of being a Dark Knight, he was the Moon Knight. Instead of Batarangs, he had Moonarangs, whatever you want to call yeah. them. I call them Moonarangs. It's no, <laughs> it's no dumber a word than Batarang. Yeah, moon pies. He had his Moonarangs, right? And he was like taking out drug dealers and gang members and things like that. And he had alternate personalities, but they weren't true personalities. They were, they were alter egos. They were basically cover disguises. You right. know, he could be a cab driver. He could be a business this guy he had the billionaire playboy these were just things he did to solve cases i think it's really smart that they went ahead and explored that and said what if it's personalities having an actor like oscar isaac can really sell it but i just felt like at some point they had already established that and it's a shame because this is a fantastic cast that they've put together and i was promised and i saw this in some of the the early reviews and they're like oh it's like it's got raiders of the lost arcs vibe you know it's like indiana jones meets you know this kind of stuff and superheroes like 
I wanted more of that adventure. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Because Kevin Feige has said, we, we have too many heroes in New York. Let's move him to London. That's fine. And I thought, all right, let's see him take down some, you know, actual soccer criminals. Hooligans. Yeah. But, but yeah, soccer <laughs> hooligans. Go to, yeah, just stand outside a pub waiting for someone just to start punch some people shit. in the face. That's fine if there's like some other supernatural, like main A plot going on. But yeah, it just kind of fizzles out because so much of it is the narrative just stops to kind of go, oh, by the way, we have to explain how all of this works. I, I did like, even though I thought there was nowhere near as much of it as the director seems to think there is, the idea that this is a modernized Egypt. This is not a Raiders of Lost Ark Cairo or something, you know? This is Egypt yeah. that's a proper cities in like Egypt. If you, where people if you have knocked technology. over a bunch of, of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, baskets full of people's laundries in the streets of this Cairo, you're going to jail. Yes, exactly. And I was like, okay, this is a proper city. That was one thing he worked really hard on, as well as apparently with the uh, music being integrated with like actual Egyptian musicians and egyptian themes okay and i mean this uh, even like the mythology they had experts come in to consult on it they had experts come in and consult with the did they were very very careful but it does feel like this is a thing that maybe just sort of overindulged in the well we're going to do the egypt thing this time and didn't really know how to make that merge with this character who albeit his origins are in egypt it's not really an Egyptian type of character. I didn't feel hampered by that. And maybe because I am probably the bigger Moon Knight fan in the room, I realized right away I'm not getting that yeah. guy that I read when I was a kid at all. Yeah, like I said, my only frustration with this, because I don't want to want this to come off, but I didn't enjoy the show. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Marvel fans are constantly going like, well, everything's so formulaic. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you trying that? And it's like, well, here you go, fanboy. Yeah. Here, you know, dig in. This is different. And, okay, I don't think the filmmakers were all that keen on making a superhero story. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed the story that they had to tell quite a bit. I wish it had more superhero elements, and I wish they had maybe given themselves a little bit bigger of a sandbox to play in. Uh, this because was, they this did show had lots to- of sand bones. Yeah, tons of <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you were paying attention. The, the box was tiny. The box was tiny. Fair enough. It did feel like it was uh, like a little restrained, yeah. Yeah. And, and it spent like two and a half episodes in like another world, which kind of for Mark Spector and Stephen Grant just right. kind of stops the forward progression of them through the rest of the plot and, for and that I, period. I wanted more of that. I wanted more room. And this is definitely a series I wish somebody at the top had been like, hey, maybe squeezing this into six episodes, maybe we could tack on three more and give it a, a little bit more breathing room. And I do think it suffers from that. That said, I really do enjoy the story and you're looking at a lot of Oscar Isaac <laughs> throughout the whole thing uh, you're looking at him when you're not looking at him you're, you're generally looking at Ethan Hawke who has made a really incredibly interesting villain this has a lot to offer people but yes I understand why Longtime fans are maybe stepping away a little bit disappointed and why new fans are, are maybe having a little bit of a, a what-the-fuck moment. Well, let's get a final thoughts, Marco. I'm a fan of this character, but let's be honest, he's always been enough of a C-list character that you can kind of toy around with his origin story and no one's going to really care. They do that here, but rather than tell the origin story from the beginning, we get this fractured back-and-forth narrative, and that's kind of what disappointed me. Like Bo said, it could have used a little bit more story, more episodes to develop that idea, and I wish they had. And if you're not going to give me that, then just give me the quick, breezy uh, action-adventure story I was promised, and I didn't get that. So it's a mixed bag for me. A lot of good stuff, but just feels like a missed opportunity. And unfortunately, when he does finally become Moon Knight... Moon Knight's the least interesting character in this show because he's just a digital effect. And I get it. If you got Oscar Isaac, 
Put your money on Oscar Isaac. That's where you put the camera. As much as I wanted to love this, uh, I just came away kind of liking it. I'm going to give it, oh, six and a half out of ten hippos. <laughs> Sarah Jane? I liked it uh, a little more than Marco did. Uh, again, I wasn't hampered by having any really knowledge of the character before. I mean, I knew who he was, but that's basically it. So I thought Oscar Isaac was amazing. Very easy on the eyes. <laughs> um, episode five was probably my favorite, and his work there was just great. And I hope he's recognized next year, maybe for an Emmy, because I think he's great. Uh, I thought Ethan Hawke was amazing as well. Again, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it eight Ushaptis out of ten. You know, as a, a fan who's wanted somebody to kind of do something with this character and make him interesting for a while, I was pretty satisfied. Once again, I think I've laid out pretty well that I truly wish there was more action and more super heroics. That was really the only thing that, that was lacking for me. And I think that kind of comes from the fact that it didn't really have enough space to do that and explore the elements that they really preferred to explore. Yeah, it, it was a, a fairly enjoyable ride for me. And I kind of hope it gets a second season. And then I'd like to see what else they can do with this character now that they've really laid the groundwork. I give it 7 out of 10 goldfish in varying states of disrepair. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought tonally it was kind of all over the place. I don't, again, care that they deviated from the traditional Moon Knight lore, of which there is no one traditional lore. Um, they delved into my favorite version, Jeff Lemire's, for sure, which was the idea that, oh, wait, this is an actual personality disorder, not just him taking on other personas in a Batman, Bruce Wayne sort of way. Wish they had had more, in fact, because one of my biggest things they're holding over it is the idea that, yes, there's another personality here somewhere that's barely touched at until literally the after credit scene. I'm like, this is the guy I've been waiting to see the yeah. whole show. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta wait till then and to see him, and I kind of wish there had been more with that. Especially now that they're saying, okay, maybe we're not doing a season two, which originally they were saying yes, and now they're saying, eh, I don't know. Well, so, they only got Oscar Isaac to agree to do one season. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, like, I think it was one of those, if I enjoyed doing it and everybody loves it i'll come back and do more eventually but he has you know. a better agent than all the other people working for he him. keeps coming back for star wars so for god's sake because he didn't have a good yeah, agent then have a good agent, agent then he's got yeah. more clout now he might pop up in a movie though but i like my favorite episodes are the ones that sort of take place in the sort of like white in between worlds hospital thing where with the sort of alternate version of possibly kindly version of ethan hawk's character i like what they did with that even though i thought the wrap-up at the end was a little Wait, so what actually happened? Like, it was a little confusing to me. The bloody shoe, shoe prints, I will say. I was like, wait, what? Anyway. That whole thing felt like an outtake from Legion. It, it did, completely. <laughs> yeah, I think that points when this was trying to get really weird and abstract, it didn't quite pull it off. I mean, it kept me interested, but then when they would like, okay, well, this is what happened, I was like, oh, well, that wasn't as interesting as I hoped it was. There is a lot of innovation here, but I thought this was the weakest so far of the Marvel shows, despite the great performances of uh, Oscar Isaac and everybody else involved, but I will still gladly watch more of this character, see what they do with them. I am going to give this six and a half, so I'm right there with you, Marco, out of ten avatars that I wish I could be one for Osiris, because he's the coolest one. We all know it. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only one who watched, I won't spoil anything, but at some point towards the end of the, the series, I was thinking... I'd really like to hear Matt Frank's take on this. Because right. I, giant monsters. Giant monsters. Uh, like, I could hear him already. He's like, look, just because it's a giant monster, that doesn't make it a kaiju. Yeah, and then, you know, in postscript, wait, there are giant monsters? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> We'd just like to let our listening populace know that uh, Babe the Blue Ox is definitely a fucking kaiju. <laughs> 